Hello, listeners, and welcome back to what is sure to be a heated episode of Better Than the Movie. Uh, you're back again with your hosts. I'm Justin Reamer. I'm Tyler Austin. And I'm Alan Trailer. And today we have a very special guest, a fellow bookseller from from Skylight Books. Elena Saunders. Elena yeah. Saunders. Yeah. 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 And for those of you who are tuning into the Better Than the Movie series for the first time, uh, what we do is we talk about uh, movie adaptations of books, and usually we have found the book is better than the movie. And it seems like it's going to get real uh, <laughs> controversial uh, today. I don't. Know. I mean, what could you possibly be referring? I mean, I think it's going to be very smooth. Uh, not at all. I'm out we're for all blood today. Going so, to agree so normally on we're supposed to sure. save it for the pod, but um, <clears throat> uh, Tyler and uh, Alan have already been getting into it in our group uh, text. <laughs> yep. yes. Their feelings about it. Uh, today we're talking about the Mostly Sisters Tyler's Brothers, a mm-hmm. a book by Patrick Dewitt, a film by Jacques Audiard, um, two different stylists who kind of jump around from different genre to genre. Um, the past two episodes we've done were sort of supposed to be timely. This one was just more like we wanted to do something we liked. Although actually, Patrick Dewitt does have a new book coming out in two months, so it's sort of timely. Kind of topical. Sort of timely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyhow, but yes, so we did the sisters brothers, which is a Western. I would categorize it as sort of a deadpan Western, like a, like an existential Western yeah, revisionist Western perhaps. Yeah. 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 So we're going to chat for a moment about some, uh, Westerns and crap that we like. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's good. Maybe even like specifically revisionist ish. Well, I would say the one that comes to mind immediately in terms of like revisionist westerns, and I think feels a piece with both the book and the movie is like McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Yeah, which I wanted to watch again, but it's criminally not on the Criterion Channel anymore. <sighs> well, yeah, they had the snow western yeah. for a while. I was, it's so good, it's the best. Um, but again, I feel like is obviously like playing off of other western tropes that have already been established, and like yeah. is mostly using the genre to make an argument against capitalism, which I think, sure. uh, you know, there's some there's some shared DNA there with Sisters Brothers. Also, Unforgiven's a little bit of a revisionist, uh, Definitely. fantastic movie, which I watched again this morning, actually. I watched like half of it last night, and I watched the rest of the day. It yeah. still rips. It's yeah. still great. You're going to be my little bill this episode. All <laughs> <laughs> so the way you, around, dude. So you know. Other way around. Um, yeah. I mean, there's some great Westerns. Like, uh, I mean, I, I have like a bunch of like dime store uh, Louis L'Amour books, which are a lot of fun in terms yeah. of like, if you're looking for like literary, not, I mean, you know, pulpy Westerns, a lot yeah. of fun. Mm-hmm. Would recommend like Riley's Revenge. Great if you title. can possibly find it. Great title. Sure. Honestly, that's literally the reason why I bought it for a dollar <laughs> at a bookstore <laughs> and was like, this is awesome. Yeah. What about you, Elena? You're you're the guest. Yes. Is the Western genre something you normally like, or is it just something about the Sisters Brothers that made that appealed to you? Uh, the I'm not super familiar with that genre, to be honest with you. Like I've read um, Blood Meridian, which I really like, which also kind of reminds me of the book The Sisters Brothers because of like the kind of vignettes, like the little portraits. Oh, for sure. Of, yeah. like, you know, and like which kind of creates the landscape that you're in. Um, but other than that, like, I think I read, uh, some Larry McMurtry, which I like, um, 
but but I'm not really super familiar with the genre. I just read that book in college and loved it. Um, and then watched the movie something like 10 years later, maybe, and really liked it as well. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm not super familiar with the genre, but I like that book. I think Patrick DeWitt is like a really amazing writer. Like, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like he's his, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. He like, you can just kind of fall into his books and you're there, yeah. you know, and like, I mean, that's, yeah. he wrote, um, two other books to my knowledge, French exit and under major domo minor um which are both like they're all very different like they're not all westerns at all um but the writing style that he he has is just like endlessly entertaining yeah Yeah. i i listened to a very brief interview with him uh that was very interesting because he was basically like i could have i even like tried to write this book in like the normal western like ain'ts and darns and all that stuff and he was just like it really became a slog for him yeah and so he's like well if i'm not having fun writing it why would i not go ahead and use because the whole sort of gambit i think of the book is that it's like this very flowery poetic introspective and languid sort of language that's like it's funny it's so funny but it's so interesting and and readable just like I mean, I feel like I picked it up and I was like 100 pages in and like in like in two seconds, it felt like. Yeah, because there are various escapades they get into are all hilarious and great. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I totally agree. Um, no, he's a really, really great writer. He's so funny. Like yeah. just and you can tell he pays like such attention to language, which when I was watching the movie the first time I watched it. So again, like, you know, almost a decade after I read the book, it. I was like, oh, this is a great adaptation. It feels like really, really um, loyal to the book, <laughs> which I'm sorry, which. OK, so now when I read it this time, I was reading the book and then I watched the movie kind of mid book and I was like, oh, it's lost a lot of what makes the book unique and special, uh-huh. you know, um, I'm not saying that's a bad movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. Like, I, I enjoy that movie, uh-huh. but it's not. I think it misses a lot of the the tone of the book that makes the book special to me. Oh, it just throws the entire tone completely out the window. It's kind of wild. Yeah. I think it Well, So I'll just say that from the jump um, (laughs) that that tone. Well, first of all, I'd be remiss to not mention Charles Portis, who also in this interview, uh, writer of True Grit. It has a very True Grit style throughout the whole thing. It's a a road trip, which is a thing you pointed out to me about all Charles Portis novels. Every single one of them. Blew my mind. (laughs) Uh, But literally, Patrick DeWitt was like, Charles Portis was the guy who made me see that books could be funny when I was 15 when he read Dog of the South. And he's like, literally said he is an ever present influence on my work. Wow. And so I feel like it definitely shows in this book. It is the closest thing to like a true grid or a dog of the South in terms of, and what those guys do that's so special is the way that they write from like a first person and make that so interesting when you're, you're kind of get lost on these little, uh, diversions with a person. It just feels so stream of consciousness yeah. Yeah. in a, such a read in such a great way. And I think that is a very difficult thing to bring to cinema. Absolutely. Sure. So and better to not even try. I agree. That's movie, what I was yes. Okay. Agreed. So, Agreed. So, so here's my okay. So Alan, you read the book first. Elena, you read the book first. Yeah. 
Uh, Tyler, you saw the movie first. I saw the movie first. Let me bring you back. It was 2018. Movie Pass on the horizon. <laughs> oh, it was the a beloved movie pass. Hold on. It was the greatest thing. So I oh. went in with no no knowledge, no book, just a brief trailer. I said, I have a credit card that lets me go to any movie I want. Yeah. I saw it and it blew my mind. Okay, sorry, Justin. So, but I was going to say, I also read the book first i'd i'd seen and read neither before we were prepping this podcast um and i think that all of us who read the book first do not like the movie as much because i think there is a specific portis type tone that dewitt nails and which i feel like is in the movie of true grit and has that flavor that in my head, I'm wondering if Jacques Odiard and his writer, Thomas something, I'm forgetting. Bergen or something? Um, are self-consciously being like, well, we can't do True Grit because it was done like five years ago. Mm. And, But I don't know that they found another way that I like as much as if like in a my fantasy, like the Coen brothers did their version of the Sisters Brothers. Mm. Yeah, mm. Buster Scruggs and True Grit are both kind of this book hmm i don't know if i'd go that far the well i mean i know what you mean i know yeah. what you mean yeah i it definitely the the, the cones true grit is phenomenal uh and like does get i like the original true term. grit a lot as well yeah well, that's interesting because it's a lot more like this movie than like, oh don't even don't. <laughs> that's, that's interesting you would say that because that's such a straight ahead western oh, i mean it's john God. wayne for god's sake it's almost I as know. if it doesn't get the tone do you at think all i want to like a john wayne movie <laughs> i don't but i do okay that tone out with the bathwater. <laughs> weird that you could like them both it was a somehow. different time sir mm-hmm. okay uh, okay so does before we completely lose all listeners does somebody want to try to break down the plot so we can say what the hell this book and this movie are about? Sure. Do you want me to? I can do it real quick. Yeah. yeah. It's it's pretty, it's generally pretty simple. It's not a super plot heavy book, uh, but basically they're the famous sisters, brothers who are like outlaws, Western outlaws in the like Pacific Northwest, Oregon City. Uh, they're killers who work for a bad guy named the Commodore, who's like a major capitalist and sends them out to do his bidding by murdering people. They're sent after a guy who's a miner who's come up with a formula that allows you to see gold at the bottom of a river uh, more easily. And so they the guy has like withdrawn his money from the Commodore and leaves. And so the Commodore wants him killed and so that he can get his formula. So he sends the sisters brothers after him. They get in a series of misadventures on the way down to San Francisco where this guy is. He's also sent to scout there. This guy, John Morris, uh, the the miner is Hermit Warm, Hermit Kermit Warm, Hermit Kermit Warm, which is amazing. And That's Patrick DeWitt, fantastic name. he said he saw that in a uh, like silent German expressionist film in the credits <laughs> and just like stole it. Um, so anyways, these the, the scout and Herman team up at a certain point to go mine for gold. Uh, the sisters brothers show up. They are then also brought into that fold. Then tragic events befall. And then the sisters brothers go back to Oregon City. Uh, there, you know, there's an older brother, Charlie, who kind of is in control, but the book is all from Eli's point of view. Yeah. And there's like a obviously like power dynamics in a relationship there that's really interesting. And it kind of flips by the end of the book. And I mean, that's pretty yeah. much it, and, right? And the movie It's flipped. Flips it yes. immediately. Yeah. yeah. By making Eli, the older brother, played by John C. Riley. Yeah. And Joaquin Phoenix is Charlie, the younger brother. And they don't really play with that enough to make that 
I I think there's one moment that they do that kind of justifies that. Well, first of all, John C. Riley produced Obviously, it. Yeah. John C. Riley produced it because his wife Allison Dickey was producing a movie that Patrick Dewitt wrote. So they she literally got an un like published manuscript of the book and was like, "This is amazing. We have to produce it." It's the first thing John C. Riley produced. And according to him, his wife was like, "This guy nails the way you think." Which is not a compliment uh, <laughs> from your wife about a sociopathic murderer on some no, level. No, but he, you know, he ponders about life's mysteries. He really does. His various adventures. I could see how it is. He has a, nice, a very keen eye. You know, yeah, he yeah, he's kind of observant and a, yeah. has a bit of a poet in it. Not at all yeah. in the movie. No, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so so John C. Riley is obviously an older gentleman, so he's going to be the older brother. But I think the moment that they kind of make it all worth it is where he explains that. He, you know, the younger brother, Charlie, kills their father, which is also a plot point in the book. But it's like, yeah, the, the grief of that weighs, the guilt of that weighs heavily on him because it's just basically broken Charlie for the rest of his life. And it's like he feels like it should have been him to carry that burden, which was, was a good older. line in the movie. I think that was I, I can't phenomenal. admit that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. kind of just but that's kind it. of it. I don't know if that justifies the whole switch for me. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll get yeah. into it. I mean, it's just they I think they just had to do it because Riley's older. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and what? But they Phoenix, gave him that that beautiful wig at the very first scene. That was pretty well. I for, totally forgotten about that. I. <laughs> Yeah, I completely forgot about it. It was good. Yeah, but he looks great. And Joaquin, I mean, so yeah, they the way that the movie operates is that they give you a lot more of Warm and uh, John Morris played by Riz Ahmed a and John Hall. More. Mm-hmm. It basically becomes like a double two hander. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. it's a four hander. In, in one of my notes, I was like, this shouldn't be called the sisters brothers. It should be the Commodore's men or something. Oh. It's not mm-hmm. really solely about the brothers anymore right because as in the book you are completely locked into their point of view until they catch up with where morris the scout had been staying yeah. and they like literally grab his diary and they just like read out of his like diary entries it like just show up in the book which i thought was really cool in yeah. terms of stylistically in the book yeah 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 but in the movie literally like they're sent off on the mission and then we cut to like ahmed and jake gyllenhaal meeting and like their their bromance blossoming yeah which Come on, you gonna tell me that's not good? I mean, it was spicy, it was it's saucy. Pr- it's, pr- I mean, uh, those- but they still kind of play it safe. Like in the book, you're like, "What's going on here?" In yeah. the movie, it's still like, "What's going on here?" Mm-hmm. Except for like one like longing look he gives them, maybe. Yeah, their friendship. It's like kind of beautiful. Yeah. I, I really in both versions. I was surprised. So having read the book, I forgot how much. Or having read the book second, I forgot how much of the movie was both storylines. And then I remembered, and then I was kind of like, oh, wow, the book does kind of, I'm not, I mean, it kind of short trips that stuff. I mean, not in a bad, I mean, I enjoy what is there, but I don't mind that they were willing to like build that out for the movie. Well, but I, I think it's the same thing you're saying is like, well, when you get John C. Riley, he becomes the lead, especially because he's the producer. And I think it's the same thing. You cast Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. You got to give him more to do. Exactly. And that's what it felt like to me. They just wanted to give Jake more to do. And I don't know how I feel about that. You were making skeptical noises, Elena. What, what do you, (laughs) what do you think about the change of, of the brothers, the dynamic of the brothers making the older, the younger and vice versa? Um, I, well, okay. So when that part in the movie happens where he's like, I should have been the one to kill our father. I was kind of like, okay. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like, it didn't, sure. like, it kind of hit me as, like, okay, they needed a reason. Like, it yeah. just felt like this weird kind of, like, his twist, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, something, it just didn't strike me as, like, emotionally interesting hmm. at all. Um, I mean, it was, 
emotionally interesting, but like not necessarily like it felt like a like a like a justification. You know what I mean? Kind like, of. This is sure. whereas like in the book, we really start to understand Eli through his interactions. And this is what I actually wanted to hear from you guys about. Like in the book, there's like kind of anecdote upon anecdote or whatever of um, Eli's interactions with different women. You mean where he falls in love with every with single every woman single that's nice to him? Yeah. Yeah. Even, or <laughs> Which they replace with a cloth in the movie? Yes, yeah. Come like, on, are man. Are you fucking with, kidding me? Like, at least show us the scene where he gets that cloth, exactly. right? Exactly. That showed me crazy because like, so much of our basis for understanding Eli as a character in the book is those types of interactions. Yeah. And so like that moment in the movie really felt to me like, okay, yeah. well, we can't have all these... They kind of, they kind of played as a joke, yeah. <laughs> or like, you know what I mean? Like, we can't have all of these scenes because it would just be too much. Yeah. yeah which I like, mm-hmm. I can understand that, but it felt it's like... A, it's a movie thing to focus it into like one yeah, person or thing, but they, they don't even do a person. They just do an item of clothing. Yeah. Which, which is what they did with the freaking All Quiet on the Western Front 2022. Oh. Yeah. They cut uh-huh. all the women's stuff and then it's just this one rag that is supposed to represent women and it's yeah. like yeah. he passed it uh, around come on, guys although i did love the scene that he has with the prostitute love where he, that scene that scene I think crushed that me so good it's yeah. really phenomenal Allison, where he's uh, what's her name yeah from fargo yeah. she's so uh, she, Tomlin, i kind of wanted more i Tim thought she was going to have a longer i, was, I know she was great in that yeah i was like oh <laughs> her face know. is just so expressive yeah. like it yeah. really kind of and the way he's directing her what? yeah <laughs> It's really, it was quite great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think you get one really good scene with that, but they do cut yeah. out a lot of the And like, of I it. understand why they would cut out because it would be like an eight hour long movie if you went from like, you know, because like a novel is constructed in such a way that makes it make sense. And so like to do an adaptation like that is faithful to a novel, it would have to be like, I mean, it'd have to be a miniseries, right? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't so be mad at that if someone else took a crack at this. Sure. Someone better. Um, <laughs> But I, I also felt like that kind of that twist at the end or that twist of like, it should have been me was kind of just a way to give that character more depth without having to lay the groundwork for that. Hmm. You know, that yeah. was my sense of it. Um, so those were, that's where the skeptical noises were coming from. Yeah. 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 Well, no, cause I, cause I agree. Cause I think, I think that the dynamic between the brothers in the book is so economically set up and so consistent that like it just the movie just is it, it, you don't get it immediately like yeah mm-hmm. like the movie's really truncated yeah to yeah. the detriment of like almost every single dynamic except for morris and warm yeah which, is they, yeah which they expand and give a lot to i don't know that's interesting you really feel like you don't find i i felt like i kind of got their relationship i mean again i should be clear well, i find I, this movie I, to be a modern masterpiece i think it's like one of the best honestly, movies of the 2010s phenomenal masterpiece it is a modern masterpiece it's phenomenal really it's like this now. movie i do it's like this movie like so, a lot i will watch it again yeah, yeah. Um, but I do think that in order to like really enjoy this movie, I I have to separate it from the book because it's just two different pieces. To yeah, me. They like are, yeah. they're yeah. like they're talking to each other, but they're different. I um, I will say I I don't hate the movie. Uh, I think it's an okay movie, mm-hmm. but I hate the adaptation. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, that that's fine. Yeah, I think that's, 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 that's so much. Yeah. So many great things are lost. Even even just and again this is this is pointing to maybe the coziness of it is like 
the adding of fucks in the movie, mm-hmm. I'm like, you don't need to, like, the yeah, language in the book, the language in the book is so good, it's not, it's not stylized in such a way that it calls attention to it, but you're like, oh, they're talking a certain way, and, like, adding fucks to it, like they do in the movie, just really... I'm like, ah, I wish, because it's like the first thing is like John C. Riley going like, oh, we fucked up, yeah. and it's like yeah. it feels like such a cheat. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It like whenever that's added when they're like in the book, there's such specific language, and that's what makes it really funny. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. like they're and very consistent throughout, and then to add, I just feel like to add like fuck to anything is, I mean, to that especially is yeah, like a cheat. It feels like a little bit like supposed to be funny but it's not necessarily it's already like a fairly modernized version of that time anyways like it's a happy middle ground in the book so to further modernize it feels like why you know what part i do love in the movie though because i feel like it's amazing um is the part at the end where okay spoil yeah we jump right to the end go for it Um, great 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 um where Charlie, I can't remember if he has his hand cut off, mm. his shooting hand cut off yet, um, but he's injured, like severely injured, and they're in like a shootout, and um, Eli says like, go go move the horses, and he moves the horses, and he's like, Charlie, who's like kind of the much, throughout the entire book and the movie, he's the much more violent much more happy to be violent yeah. brother and and at the end he's like comforting this horse who's freaked out by the bullets yeah. and that yeah. one that moves me that is a <laughs> it's really phenomenal that. scene yeah, yeah and it's been. kind of funny because in the book i feel like there there wasn't that emotional like high point for me but it's funny that in the movie that like really gets me it's such a tender scene of like he's lost his a huge part of his identity which is a shooting hand yeah and then that kind of like a like there's like a sudden adjustment of his outlook and like his tenderness towards things you know definitely i mean so and good. i think that captures a little bit of what the spirit of the book kind of goes for when totally. he loses his hand and but he's like a little bit. their relationship i think actually does <laughs> maybe, not maybe uh i mean well in this one instance i think it does a phenomenal job of doing that because the I idea say, is yeah. they're in his entire perspective and their entire relationship flips where it's like all of a sudden eli is now sort of in charge because he's the only one with two hands and two arms to shoot people with yeah like yeah. their entire dynamic flips immediately like that's literally like the, the the way it's described in the book is like it just you could feel it happen and so i think that's a great way to describe it it's like his character literally not only becomes like the second he, he's not the most murderous anymore he literally physically cannot be but he yeah. becomes like this ten more tender yeah. person yeah which, I, yeah i do think it's interesting because my reading in the book is more that he becomes more sort of withdrawn and closed off mm, yeah. and so I feel like it. I feel like I feel. I feel like it's almost like Joaquin is like, no, no, no. Now I play the pain and the whatever. Yeah, yeah. and that that's one of the choices that I agree. I'm like, that's interesting. I don't know which one I prefer, but it's different and it's interesting as opposed to some things. Oh, the book's better. Better, yeah. better like than the movie. Nope. Constantly yeah. better yeah. than the movie. Right, shut it down. B-T-T-M. 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 I do feel like the the that shift in the book to like him being a little bit like not as not tender but uh withdrawn yeah. is like much more like, yeah, that makes more sense, you know, than somebody just like immediately becoming tender. But in the movie, that's like, that's what I want. Yes. You know, like, yeah. that's what I'm like, well, ooh, that's so juicy and nice, you know. And it achieves that in one sort of like in this moment of a montage, which 
rules. That whole montage is so great. I also love that montage. Where they're coming back yeah. to Oregon and just getting constantly attacked and having to kill people, which yeah. is great. Yeah. And it's just it's it's economical in the way that movies have to be because they're visual and yeah. as opposed to like showing him being, you know, over the course of 20 pages being like not as in charge, not as or you can literally have Eli go our power dynamic literally flipped and it's, it's not the movie just saying that to your face. It's you hit to see it and kind of yeah. understand it in yeah. a different way. Yeah. Um, Arguably yeah. would have more of a more emotion to it if they had kept the tug stuff. Yeah. I was surprised the that the tub stuff like is like love and like devotion to that, like really terrible horse. Yes. It's sort of in here, but not. They not definitely even. underplay it in a way that's a bummer. Cause so actually, much yeah. so that when like he's like worried about it, I'm like, who cares? You don't care about this <laughs> right. horse. Yeah. Yeah, in the book, you'd don't... be devastated. But it's like here, it's like this isn't earned. Yeah. Because yeah. in the movie, there's no stuff with the, like his eyes kind of messed it, up, but there's no like doing the alcohol washes. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. no like scene where they're, they're not taking his eye out. No, they okay. don't do that in the oh, movie. God, which that is... was one of the funniest scenes in the book. Oh, my of God. Them the trying to get the, the horse sedated. Too. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. him laughing at the man. Yeah, that was so good. They're almost like, why are you I don't see this as funny at all. Yeah, yes. that was like another thing in the movie that I thought was kind of interesting and strange is like when that horse died. Yeah. He was like, my horse. Yeah, and it, it kind like of feels like they're like, it. we need a sad moment yeah. here before more sad I think moments. it's also so meant like, to be like he's been relating to the horse in many, like it's like, in, it's to a much well, I'm sure it's meant well, to be a lot of Well, that's yeah. the thing though, yeah, is it, uh, in, the, in the book, it's such a perfect parallel because yeah. literally the horses are named Nimble and Tub. Yes. And Charlie is Nimble. <laughs> And Eli's Eli is a, is a tubby guy. Yeah. Nimble and tub. Yeah. And so everything that happens to tub is sort of like, like even when like Charlie has a chance or uh, sorry, Eli has a chance to get a better horse. He's like, ah, you know, I really should stick it out with tub. Like he's got a good heart, which it totally works. And it's great. I, I was, it, but it is funny in like, yeah, he can, he's kind of his like physical, he's like his Dorian gray. Like he gets all the uh, physical punishment that Eli has emotional throughout the movie, I guess. But like, yeah, there is something that it's like, well, also, Eli's a really great killer. You know, what I mean? like, yeah. even though he has this good heart, he is actually really effective, yeah, yeah. Um, which I don't know if that necessarily, I mean, I guess to the point that Tub still gets everybody, you know, still gets him from place to point A to point B or whatever, which, you know, but like that was kind of a great thing in the movie is where like once he kind of has to take over as the lead killer, you're like, oh, right. He's always second to Joaquin Phoenix or, or his brother, Charlie, because he's like the more willing killer. But at the end of the day, he's like still able to just blow people away. Mm -hmm. And you just have to remember that you're still sympathizing with like a psychopathic murderer. Yeah. Um, well, it's easier in the book because it, he's so like over his job. Yes. It, it's it's a little bit in the movie. Like it, you kind of see it. He's resigned a, a, like a little bit. But like in the book, it's so much more. Like he's just having a full on existential crisis. It's yeah. like, how did I get like roped into this? Well, and that's, and I think what really works about the book and the movie is that it's your like, because obviously like classic Westerns, even some of the rev other revisionist Westerns we've talked about, like don't give you this time to make these guys emotional in any way or like have any kind of like, yeah. there's something kind of beautiful, like they're just like these stoic figures and they're the white hat or the black hat. And it's like, these guys are very complicated on a lot of different levels that that like you just don't see in a Western usually, which I think is like what makes it so great as a book and a movie. Uh, yeah, as a book. Yeah. 
And it's a book. Sure. <laughs> and it's a book and it's a movie. Yeah, it's uh, a book, yeah. I will say the one thing, because we were talking about the language being oh, wait, wait, mixed wait. up is a little it, bit. Is it like a very good book? Like a very, very good book? Uh, it's pretty much a modern masterpiece. I would, yeah. I would agree. I would agree. I would agree. I would agree. And I always, my painting teacher in college would say, a masterpiece is when content and form are inseparable. So, oh. I lo- and I love that because That's I think good. it's really true, you know. Yeah. Shout so, out to that teach. Yeah, that's <laughs> the best. Um, but yeah, so I, I was thinking about that a lot during like the reading of this book, the watching of this movie, because I was like, I don't know, it's and like adaptations in general, you know, um, I think about that a lot, especially working here. It's like, hmm, it's interesting to see like a book that you find that you love get turned into a movie and wonder like, well, how should I be looking at that? You know, mm-hmm. like, what does that mean? Really? Um, I don't know. Usually pragmatically, Alan. No, I with, think a, with a pragmatist's <laughs> eye. I mean, perhaps. obviously, you can't have all the stuff with the beavers, which I was sad to see go. Oh yeah, yeah. There's just like a very that brief, beaver yeah. thing was great. Uh, that yes. was the best. In terms of word choice, he refers to one of them as sitting lumpily, and I was like, <laughs> just gonna live in my brain forever. It's so funny. Oh, oh man, it's the, so good. The ending of every single chapter in that book has like a doozy, like beautiful line. Yeah, like yeah, just like a mic drop at the end of. Each and every chapter, which I actually did write a line down, and I'll share because we were just. I wanted to write all of them. I know I had a few. I I limited myself as much as I can, but it was because we were talking about tub. There's the line that is just like so cut diamond perfect, beautiful. Is what a life it is for man's animals. What a trial of pain and endurance and senselessness. Yeah, and I was like, so good. And every chapter ends like that. Yeah, just knock me over. It's amazing. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Well, I so I have a question. So I think. Apart from Tyler, everyone's general vibe is that the book was better. Is there any, even, even, (laughs) even you, Alan, is there anything that really stands out from the movie? And you're like, you know what? Maybe it was something that wasn't even in the book. It's like, but you know, you did it great. Because my thought is, even though I'm kind of iffy about inflating the whole Morris uh, warm storyline, Riz Ahmed is so good in yes. this movie. Yes. Jake Gyllenhaal is very good, but Riz Ahmed is so good Phenomenal. that I was just like, all right, I can I can roll with this because like this this is fun to watch. Yeah, I agree he is great. Uh, it's a different take on the character from the book in my opinion, but very, it well, yeah, it's a very different take. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. But I think it works phenomenally. And he not sells to save it. the movie, but uh, <laughs> well, let, me, let me just be clear. Everyone in the movie is doing great work. It's yeah. not yeah. their fault at all. Fell apart. Uh, that's the director's problem. Um, but like something I really liked, oof. which is also interesting because we've never seen it. Like we, I asked if anybody had seen any Jacques Odiar movies. Oh, and we haven't, even though well, I actually I had went back and I was like, oh, I've seen Un Prophet. Which is a phenomenal movie oh, if you've never I saw seen. That movie, yeah, man. it's a French prison movie that's sort of like. I don't remember t- liking that movie. Though. Oh, that movie's so good. That <laughs> movie's I don't remember so that good. Movie, so maybe um, I it. Yeah, it's worth a revisit. Honestly, it's phenomenal. Well, considering how you guys fell down on this movie, maybe maybe you maybe would you wouldn't like it. And I would. That could also partially be part of it. <laughs> Although I feel like they're very different. I will say, like that movie, while also that movie is that movie like procedural ish. No, like kind of like, it's kind of almost like in an epic in the style of like The Godfather, where like okay. you meet a guy who goes into prison for like a very small crime, and yeah. then by the end is like you know 
a hardened criminal, essentially. Mm. Um, but it's like a long journey to that point. And there is actually a moment where the guy almost takes his eye out with a spoon. So why the director oh shouldn't have been squeamish about it, quite <laughs> frankly. Why don't why shouldn't we show a horse get his eye gouged out with a spoon? Uh, I mean, oh, oh, I have some reasons why that would be why I wouldn't want to see that. Um, but no, I think that I think he's so anyways, that's a really great movie. I would definitely recommend. Uh, I'm still trying to think of like, I don't know if there's a moment in this movie that I felt was enough of an improvement for me to be like, other than the ones we've already mentioned. Mm. Uh, I like the scene where he's pretending to cry. That and was then great. He goes to console him and he's just like laughing at him, like calling him names. I thought you were going to kiss me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought that was Which great. is like kind of one of the only moments in the movie where I could see their playfulness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Throughout the book, like they're brothers, you know, they hate on each other, but they also like joke around and kid around. I don't feel like it's in the movie a ton. I think the moment where until maybe like, the second half of the movie. Yeah, the moment where like Riley gets to slap him in retribution and like knocks him down and then uh, like he's like, you know what? That's a pretty good scene. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's a pretty good scene. Um, yeah. I don't well, know. he he punches him. That's the whole thing. Is that after he's pretending oh, well, not to remember? I think he slaps him, but he just throws his entire body into no, it I because Walking no, no, Phoenix cause, goes because that was the I, whole thing. Is he's like, I just slapped you. He's like, I thought you didn't remember. Well, nobody yeah. says I slapped you. I didn't hit you with a shovel, and I think that's meaning like your hand oh. is so big and like you <laughs> hit me so hard. He literally gets knocked down to I the ground. I think that's that's how I took it at least. Um, yeah. But it's a great, that's a great, yeah, I mean, like, that's a, and then he gets, oh, you did, you do remember slap. I was he watching was like, it dubbed in French, so, like, uh, the, the dialogue was a little different. Frenchy, Frenchy. Oh, you know, another moment I, I do remember I liking really. is uh, when Morris is also brushing his teeth. Yes. And is kind of pissed off that Eli that is they're also there doing it, and like, like, whatever. Oh, that is good. Yeah, yeah that's a really that's nice little moment. The movie, the thing that I remember a lot from the movie when I first saw it, and, it, and I love that it's kind of also in the book, is, like, the way that it's portraying in America, like right on the verge of like modernization of like San Francisco has oh, the toilet indoor scene is good. Yeah, yep, yeah. right. Like, you I gotta mean, come see this, Charlie. Come, oh, come look at this. <laughs> yeah, the toilet's flushing inside. Like it's yeah. and then there's like lights are new, and then the idea of brushing your teeth is new, yeah. and it's like I, I like kind of loved all. But that the stuff. extended brushing the teeth in the book is so good. I was really sad to see that go. The, the moment where the woman, where the woman and the first woman he falls in love with yeah. and he, he like, she like watches him brush his teeth is like such a subtly interesting yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's a, I mean, so again, I'm the only one who saw the movie first. I'll just, which is probably why I also think it's a modern masterpiece. Um, there's that but again. it's so good. Uh, but the things that, that I definitely, remembered so much from the movie and was like, I assume this has to be in the book because it's like so it feels like such a literary idea. And I was like, what a ballsy move to adapt it this way and bring that over is at the very end when they basically go to confront the Commodore and then they find out he's died of natural yeah, causes. That's yeah. right. Which yeah. is like such a, you know, zip at the zag when you're expecting a zig. Yeah. And I was like, that has to be in the book. And then I was very surprised to see that he actually comes in and drowns him. I but I do love what he's saying in the bath before he drowns him, which I think is really And I'm funny. like, you're going to so deprive funny. Rutger Hauer of any speaking lines? I know, that was kind of interesting. In, out of did you here. notice his credit, by the way, at the end of the, in the credits? Or you turned it off and discussed before you even got to that point. I'm pretty sure I turned it off and discussed. <laughs> it's literally like in participation with Rutger Hauer. Oh, yeah. Like it was a very, like, I don't know what that oh, speaking means. Speaking of, of credits, like the most absurd production yeah. card sequence of all time. So many. It's just a it, full page of producers. It was, it was, like, an, like, it was like an upside down Godar thing. Yeah, yeah. it was really wild. How many? Like, come on. There were. And then, 
then the thing oh, that yeah, come on the movie hits surprisingly like harder than the book and i think the the, the idea is still there obviously in the book as well but it like I, the movie hammers at home it's like when you get to know warm and uh morris better like you understand in the movie like that they have the gyllenhaal and riz ahmed gyllenhaal and riz ahmed they have this like sort of dream or i guess riz ahmed does to like create a basically like a proto-socialist society in dallas in right. yeah in texas in texas which is the funniest <laughs> like the moment that's said in the movie i remember going like oh well this is gonna end badly yeah. for them because dallas is not a proto-socialist society. i know it's not a utopia it's yeah. not a great place uh in that regard but it, so i think that like when they like lay out their motivation in that way it's really interesting because basically it positions them on this like very altruistic um, again, proto-socialist, like putting, you know, putting greed aside, even though he has invented this way that you can like extract wealth from the earth, but you also literally like burn yourself. You're like, yeah, it's stinging your, it's, it's a literally labor is slowly killing you as you do yeah. work it. Um, but then you put that up against like murderous, sociopathic, violent, greedy assholes. And of course, in the history of America, who wins in yeah. those situations? And I think that is such a fine, beautiful point of like, oh, even just accidentally, the, those who are tended towards violence and do not shy away from it and are greedy and want more will always like snuff out those who have altruistic goals oh and God. slowly kill them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I mean, it's yeah. in there. No, but, it's in there. I mean, that's, like, that's hit on it what more. I, that that's is what I'm the, saying. Well, that's why I think they, they hit on it more in the movie than they even do in the book. I, I mean, but honestly, I'm go even further if you're gonna yeah, inflate sure. those two characters that much like just get into it even like all the way yeah i mean i i mean to me that's the thing that i have held on to from the movie to to like watch it until literally hours before watching it last night i was like yeah. god i love that stuff it's so it's cool, i think but it I, all I also the time. don't understand i don't understand why warm's character wants that because his character is so different from the book mm. yes we don't really we don't really understand why he wants to do this other than to just insert like a betterness into the world right well and i think Which there's is like okay that's two things for that in, inherently reason. by like casting a person of color in riz ahmed i think that like gives you like he has this outsider quality that he's like been sure. at the bottom of america and like has has had to leave i mean they talk about him having to leave home because his father couldn't like afford him so like there's clearly yeah. like he has this like experience that's kind of baked into his whole thing about like, he like feels like he hasn't been taken care of. He wants to take care of people, but then also, and I'll give credit to Audrey who I watched this movie with my last night, my partner who was like, he also has like just a touch of cult leader vibes. Oh yeah. Which is really interesting. Like that's just Riz Ahmed and, general but he's just so charismatic yeah. you're like i'd follow this guy to dallas yeah. and do a proto-socialist society those, like, it sounds those, awesome like piercing gaze yeah yeah so it's it is <laughs> it's interesting like, yeah, yeah let's do it man let's just fuck up my whole life whatever let's it's go yeah, ahead, yeah. i mean that is the thing like he really does like get morris on his side very quickly yeah. and then there is a moment that again audrey pointed out was like when he's talking to eli john c Riley for an extended period of time it's almost like he's probing him for like his motivations a little bit, which is a much deeper reading than I ever brought to the movie. So I have to give her credit on that, obviously. Well, but it was right. like very interesting to think like, oh, well, like in the way that both, you know, Charlie and Eli are different, like both Morris and Warm yeah. are very different. But in, in even then within their own like little two-hander fashions, like have their own, could have their own fissures of like this guy, like basically it's like Eli and Warm are both like secretly in charge of their two, of their groups. Mm -hmm. Even yeah. though the other two guys are like the more frontiersman-y types who 
kind of would front you would expect to be the leader. So it was kind of interesting in that regard that the movie really hits that home, I feel like. And I rest my case. I'm right. You're wrong. Leave. Go. Bye bye bye. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, that's certainly what drew that's what when I first watched the movie that has literally stuck with me for like five years yeah. in in such like vivid detail that I was like so happy to be revisited. I mean it is there and I do agree with you but it's not it's not there enough to have enough meaning for me yeah to to change so to stray so much from the book it doesn't quite hit as hard for me yeah. see some of us can it's separate a, it, feel like, the, it feel like it's a great idea but like not yeah. the best execution of it yeah well it's funny because I think it's it's actually again subtler in the book when in a way like the book could almost have more license to be less subtle because of the way that it's already written and like structured and and it's just a person talking directly to you i felt like they he could have gone harder at that in the book and like almost has the restraint not to which i can definitely respect and i think still works called the sisters brothers (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's still about the sisters brothers maybe maybe that's where you're that's not true you're not wrong i also feel (laughs) like the, the book kind of tackles this thing about like it, like again, the 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 fact that Eli's character is constantly falling in love with every woman who like will bother to say hi, and each one ending more and more tragic. Yeah, um, <laughs> but also like this idea of money that it's sort of like, well, they've got they've got money at home, so it's sort of like they're kind of okay. They're so they're like you know stealing some gold here, doing this here, getting ripped off here, getting beaten up by. Uh, women of the night who like steal everything from their pockets there Um, and it's sort of like like by the end of the book they are stripped of every last cent yeah so it's sort of like there's definitely like a greater sense of like 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 (laughs) Charlie has lost his his shooting hand they've been stripped of all money so not so Eli can't even have his dream of like starting a store. Yeah, um yeah. they're just like they're these psychopaths are just like taken down like by like the god of antiquity and just like brought low and all they can do is literally go home to mom. Yeah. And in the movie, even though she's played by Carol Kane Which in the movie rules and is that's awesome. I'm just like, why does the movie end with them going home to mom? That's what I, that was my thought exactly. Yeah. I was like, in what world? They don't even mention her. That is, that is true. They well, mentioned the pod they mentioned and that, like, dad. insane dream sequence. Yeah, that cutting was. Off legs. I did oh, yeah. forget about that, and I was like, not where, my favorite where part is of the movie. this coming from? I, so you are really right, and I lo- I loved. I do think like it's very sort of Rockfordian the way the book ends, where it's like he never gets paid. Like they just lose, as in the Rockford Files. As in the Rockford Files. Yeah. That's a Tyler special. Yeah. Um, no, we know reference. Uh, to be clear, I am not 55 years old. Um, <laughs> but anyway, like I loved how there. slowly they were stripped of all their cash and money. And like that was and then literally go home to mom. But I feel like emotionally, they're not in a dissimilar place at the end of the movie where it's like after they they don't have a boss anymore, like Charlie's injured. They do have some money, but it's like it. But Eli obviously already wants to quit. So I could see why they'd want to go home now. Why it's such this like glowingly loving. Like, it, again, it's actually a, a great sequence. It's like the panning so around so and it's, the time changes. Cool. OK, that's maybe 
my favorite change, yeah. even though it's not at all earned. No, it's a it's, great sequence. It's it, it's I would say it's like earned by like the tips of its fingernails, like no, I don't barely. Think so. you're, it's you're like almost it. a funny like commentary on the whole thing of like. And again, these guys get a beautiful. They've it feels like a, a like a montage from like Butch Cassidy and Sundance. Like it's so it's interesting, so happy and weird. It's like okay it's very yeah it's almost dreamlike in that way which i want makes you wonder but uh like i had that thought too is like is this actually happening kind yeah of thing, but i'm pretty sure it is i think it's supposed to be and, yeah. and i just it's like very interesting that the movie decides to like decidedly because even when they go home in the book the mom is like not that pumped to see them yeah. <laughs> she kind of has to be talked into it a little bit and it's like in this one they have like a big group hug and it's like very it's like so explicitly the, a happy the, ending the way carol kane plays it when she touches Joaquin Phoenix's missing arm, and she's just like, "You got something missing there." We'll talk about that later. <laughs> and his so, face is so, so good. Yeah. perfect. It's so, so good, perfect. The problem is she's so good. It like it actually tips it from being like not it, like it could not work, but for me, it like totally. That's works. that's it's, what I'm saying. Is like, it excels like, even though it doesn't like feel yeah. earned. Yeah. Like I'm I'm mad at it for the writing, which I'm like, this is not as good writing as the book, but the cast is so good. Yeah, that yeah. like like. You know, yeah, seven I, out of ten. Yeah, I give it a seven out of ten, which isn't, you know, though. Yeah, okay. Alan is going to murder me now too. No, 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 no. Have your opinion. Have your opinion. It's better than Tyler's. It's at least like a nine point two five. Out of your mind. Out of your mind. It's one. Oh it God. is like one of the best movies of the twenty tens, hands wow. down. Honestly, what? I was trying to look back, and I was like, the only movie I prefer that year is probably Phantom Thread. In twenty eighteen. Oh my god! Yeah, that's it. And You're just then so wrong. You're just it's so, wrong. so good. It's so good. I don't know. It hit me exactly. It, and I think I was just so like knocked sideways by because I went in with literally no expectations and was just like, "This is." And then I rewatched it last night, and I was like, "My, I mean, my memory was restored to it's it." It's a really. I think it's a good movie if you like. If you are not just off of reading the book, that's it true. Really as well. hits. Like yeah. it's really good. I mean, I also think that like. After, you know, you read the book, you watch the movie, and suddenly this idea of, like, glowing formula that makes gold glow. It's like, oh, yeah, that's just there. Right, but, like, right. really, like, what a fucking weird thing to put in a Western. What a yeah. weird thing to put in a Western I love it. movie. Yeah, I really love it. And I think it kind of, like, I don't know. For me, that would be one of, well, no, that's, like, oh, my God. Um, I was going to say, that's one of the things. And I'm like, no, it's in the book and the movie. Obviously, it's a main part of the plot. But. But in the book, they treat it like a like a majesty of like man's like yeah. genius. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then the, the downside is that it's acidic and literally starting to eat away at their flesh. Right. Yeah. To to use it and but that's the thing that's like the sort of slow dread that's in the book that the movie compresses too much where it's just sort of like oh by it's the way it's a, by compressing. the way it's acidic yeah. and then oh, oh oh now we're all covered in acid oh, i mean yeah. i yeah. don't know if that's true i think it's actually shorter in the book like i mean you very there well, is, the book not is not concerned a, with the gold that whole i mean that's there's just like the very little about that i mean i guess they talk about like their legs itching a fair amount but like it is as quick in yes, the book dread, as, as I said, in the movie dread. but that is not like it's not it's put too much fine a point on i mean truly and like no because it's dread it's like you're thinking about like oh is this going like they think that they have a way to like continue to do this and not get their flesh eaten off but do they yeah because that's like, interesting yeah i don't know i maybe just did, i think it's such a comedic tone like it didn't yeah. really hit me that way i, I mean it's, it's also like, an interesting choice to make 
Charlie responsible for Morris falling in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whereas, right, in the book, it is it is not. It's just, like, an accident. He's, yeah. like, getting weaker. I guess that's true. I mean, like, I was just surprised in the book how little time we spent in the, in the cavern. When it feels like in the movie, like, they're there for a good amount of time. And, like, I don't know. It was, it, it proportionally, it felt, I don't know. It was different. But I know, I know what you mean, Justin. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the book has more happenstance. Yeah, but not in a way that like feels um, cheap. Like like for instance, when they like learn that there's this person Mayfield who wants a bear hide, this this red red furred she bear, and then like just so happens that the red furred she bear just like walks to the watering hole in front of them and is like, well, I guess. We're gonna kill this bear. Get make some <laughs> oh, money. Yeah, which is played as a but, very funny. But the yeah. movie clearly has had a lot of work done to be like, okay, we've got to set up things. So we're cutting the bear. They've got to go it's to this place. Which there. then, what's that? It is still sort of there. It's, it still like destroys his horse eye. They just throw it in that random sequence. They they convert it with they converge it with the. Uh, him getting bit by that spider right it's yeah. all like in that right and sequence. then in the it's book like three it's different like scenes from he the goes they merge. go to the witch's house or something right yeah. and he can't leave which yeah. man i was like, sad to see that go yeah. to Honestly, i get it though the I moment that. probably the moment that i was like really for was like wish they had adapted into the movie was the gunfight between the lawyer and like the stable hand yes because yeah. that is yes. so again towards the theme of the book and like so great and there's like the kid there's like i want to saw an indian get his guts ribbed out like cotton candy yeah. it's like yeah and eli is so judgmental yeah He's like, should you like not bring your child? He's like, he's been to several of these. (laughs) Yeah, and the guy is such a jerk, and he's like, oh, I'm friends with the lawyer, and he's like, well, I hope you say goodbye. He's gonna be dead in a minute. Yeah, he's like, oh, that is, and then it's exactly what happens. It's like this guy with any kind of sense of civility or like education is immediately wiped out by a guy who like comes out last minute, being like, if you just say you're sorry, we could just all go home. Call this whole thing off. I don't think so. Nope, don't mind. (laughs) And he's just, it's like it felt like the Indiana Jones moment with the guy with the sword and. just blows them away but it's but it's also one of those moments too where the way it's set up you're like oh is this going to be a moment where eli is shown to be a fool but no eli knows yeah and it so it's one of those things where we maybe think of him as a little foolish because of the way he acts with women because but like it's when it comes to like this when it comes to gunfighting when it goes like eli knows and i feel like we get there eventually in the movie, like when he has to take charge, but, mm. but I don't feel like we have that sense of like, like them being so good at killing, um, which, I yeah. agree with oh, that. really? I feel I like, I agree with that. In I, the book, I especially agree with that. We're like the only, I feel like the only, for me, the only, um, clue that I get that they are really proficient at what they do is when they're mentioning their own names and people oh, are like, yeah. Oh my God, Whoa. like, Oh shit. You know? <laughs> And I thought that's kind of an interesting move because it really does like kind of bewilder your your idea of who Eli is as a character because mm-hmm. he's kind of bumbling, you know. He likes falling in love yeah. with every woman who hates him, and you know, I think it's kind of an interesting move to not necessarily show the more brutal parts of Eli because, from yeah. his perspective, I think he's probably not brutal. You right. Know? Well, it's interesting. Like they definitely get rid of like they put a hard point out it in the book that it's like he has this like rage issue. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's how he like summons himself. Like he gets into this rage to protect his brother. And that's how he like taps into his killer. And his brother yeah. like has been manipulating this. Yeah. His whole to life get him essentially. Yeah. 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 And I, I coach like, getting his head in the game. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but like in the book. <laughs> 
I will, <laughs> very good. Uh, there is so much like just totally tertiary murdering in the yeah. book yeah. where it's like, oh, they wouldn't lend me the tools so I could cut you out of this cursed cabin. So I just killed five guys. Right. Yeah. I just laid them to waste. And it's like, oh, Jesus. And Whereas, they also, yeah. they're a, they're pretty practical in the book where they have like little tricks that they do where yes. they pretend yeah. to count and then they just like shoot and then the they guys. shoot on one yeah. instead of three which i thought is i would have loved to have seen in the because like they but i feel like there's plenty of moments even that i just love like this movie look by the way let's just talk oh. about it looks amazing oh it's beautiful it's insane it, it is like paintedly gorgeous and i love the opening scene where it's like all dark and you're just seeing the I muzzle was flash i gonna say That's that so yes good. and it's great the way that they it kind of like because in the book it just starts out and they had just done that job yeah but like in the movie it starts out with kind of like an overlay of what that job is not really yeah. even an overlay but just like a suggestion of a job yeah and it's so good oh my god it's, it's gorgeous just so cool yeah, and then like some of that again was like we talked about loving that montage at the end it's yeah. like just like the moment when they're riding back on their horses and Eli is like shooting back at guys who are chasing them they're like falling off their horses but it's like they're going through just this insanely gorgeous landscape like yeah. it could be mm -hmm. just this insane you'd hang this painting on your wall and then like in the foreground like murder is happening and you're just like this is <laughs> awesome yeah. it's so good yeah who could not like this <laughs> uh, who could not like this <laughs> i try i tried so hard to like this i mean it's i think it's okay i i made yeah. peace with it but it's it's just so tonally different it's just so it so much is lost in the translation that i i couldn't see beyond it i was doing nitpicks from like minute 25 i was just like well, that's stupid why they change that that's dumb i hate that i have a whole list we're not even gonna have time to go no. through all of them <laughs> it is interesting i i saw like another interview with patrick dewitt and he was like it was very interesting to see how this became like a very personal film to the filmmaker where he's like it's weird considering it was like my personal thing that i was right like yeah. he when he wrote it like nearly ran out of money and had to get a grant and almost went back to being a construction worker with his dad and like was only gonna be able to write for like two hours a day and like was able to make it and like so it's this very personal thing and i think like about his relationship to probably work and and yeah. it being fulfilling or not being fulfilling to you and so it is interesting i you know i i don't exactly know what the personal what i don't know jacques uh Odiard, well, like well, that, that well that so. was the, that was the thing i was gonna say well, he said mon frere at the end it, that's it, right it does say a mon frere <laughs> yes to my brother mm -hmm. at the end which is like okay so you got like a fucked up relationship where <laughs> are, are you are you eli and your brother's charlie like what's going on here who's who uh, also, Joaquin Phoenix is so good in this movie. Oh, yeah, so he's good. a short king compared he, to that giant shrek lumbering John C. Riley. The one moment, because we talked about it earlier, where they they do insert more obscenity into their language, the one moment that absolutely just fucking sung for me is when uh, they read the letter from Jake Gyllenhaal's character, and Joaquin Phoenix goes, "Pretentious asshole," yeah. which is just like that guy would never reach for that language, but yeah. it's so beautiful that he does, and he, yeah, he doesn't it. know the word pretentious at all. Yeah, but it just it does. Like in the movie, they still go for like heightened language, but it's just not it's just not the book, which I agree is it's just like a half Deadwood. It's like we're going to be a little more cutting edge, but it's like, yeah. I don't know, it's, it's like a teenager rebellious vibe to it. So I have the a, that they throw in. a quick question. So for you, Tyler, yeah, you call the movie modern masterpiece, one of the best movies of the 10s. It's stuck with you this this long. Yeah. What do you think for a moment about why you think it's stuck with you? And Elena, ah. you are frequently recommending this book to people yeah. in the stores. I, I want you to talk a bit about what it is that year after year 
speaks to you about this book. Okay. Oh, do you want me to do that now? Sure. Okay, great. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think for most of the reasons that we've been talking about is like, I'm such a huge fan of any writer who is consistent in their styling. Like, I think that Patrick DeWitt is like a master stylist. He knows exactly how to be funny in his way. Um, and I just find generally his writing to be extremely charming um, and insightful and like very uh, thoughtful in the bigger questions that he's asking throughout the novel. Um, yeah, I just think it's a really beautiful book. And I think that like, it's very, it's not like, it's not a difficult read, um, but it is like, can be challenging. You know, it kind of meets you at the level that you feel like you're at. Cause I can read this book when I'm really wanting to like go deep and have like a, a moment with a book. And I can also read this book when I feel like I want to feel better about something or I want to escape something. Um, so it's like, a, it's a, just a very good book. I mean, I think that's why I recommend it so much, but like people also, I will say I recommended this book and people have come back to the store, found me and said, thank you so much for recommending this book. This is one of my favorite books. And then they also say the movie sucks. <laughs> 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 oh, just, I was just going to say they, they come to the store, 1818 Vermont, uh, come and buy the book from the store, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. Come buy it from Elena yeah. specifically. Hey. Yeah. They stopped listening like 40 minutes ago. See, They're like, these guys. I, I try to shill books, Alan. You're taking pot shots at me. Yeah. I want to sell books well, here. No, okay. <laughs> uh, that's true. Uh, this is a little, it's not long, but I will just say, so when it came to the writing of it, yeah. I was recently listening to a lot of Warren Zevon. Again, I have the spirit of a 55-year-old man living inside me. You truly do. Uh, Warren Zevon, one of the great American songwriters. Uh, By the way, who, Tyler's wearing a Steely Dan shirt. That's right. His favorites. Uh... <laughs> And it reminded me, like, I listened to this song on Bad Luck Streak in Dancing School. And, like, at, right, and I, I found it, like, right as I started reading the book. And it, like, some of the language in it just absolutely, like, was, like, of, of a piece. Like, truly was, like, some of the lines in it where it was just, like, uh, her father was, and it's a Western-inspired song. And it's, like, her father was a lawman. He swore he'd shoot me dead because he knew I want a genie and I'd have her, like I said. Like, it has some of the same little flowery touches. And, um... So anyways, I was just like looking into this song and was interested about it and wanted to bring some of it to you. Like, you know, and the anger and yearning, like fever in my veins. Uh, oh, fever in my veins is good. There's just some, it's a great song. And oh. I would highly, highly recommend it. Um, Jeannie wants a shooter. Jeannie needs a shooter. But well, but so, so here was the interesting thing as I was looking into it. I was like, oh, it's written also co-written by one of my favorites, Bruce Springsteen. And I was like, what Shocking. is, what is this about? Like, how is this work? And basically, at one point, Warren Zevon heard that Bruce Springsteen had worked on a song called Janie Needs a Shooter. And he was like, that's such a great title. Like, he just immediately envisioned this, like, Western song that he could, like, wrap his head around. And he always wanted Bruce Springsteen to play it for him. He refused to play it for him. And eventually, Bruce Springsteen, because he was just like, I don't know, it wasn't very good. I didn't put on an album. Stop bothering me about it. So finally, <laughs> Warren Zevon goes to him. He's like, play it for me. Play it for me. And Bruce is like, if you like it so much, just write your own song. So then he wrote Janie Needs a Shooter. So I found it like it's like kind of its own form of adaptation, like a mini yeah. version of what we're talking about happened with this song. And the the legend is sort of like he basically brought like the first verse to Springsteen, played a form. Springsteen's like, this is really good. Like, where's the rest of the song? And then they co-wrote it from there. 
But uh, I just thought that was really interesting that it was like kind of this own, like within song, right? Spoiler for the song, the the person who's singing the song dies. He gets shot. Genie oh, needs a shooter. There it is. It's very similar. Yeah. Oh, no, but it's a phenomenal. It's really, really great. So I looked that up. Um, and then were you going to ask me about the movie, Justin? Yeah. What, what a way to answer the question I asked. Yeah, he Sorry. asked you a very Sorry. different I question. Just was, <laughs> I was tailgating onto Elena's thing about the language of it being so interesting that it like... Anyways, yeah. I had a lot to say about this. This is a great movie. It's a great sure. book. And uh, it was timed out well. The I saw a shooter trade of Vicks. His hair was perfect. You broke Justin. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I put the quarter in the jukebox. That's on me, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, the movie has just, I mean, it's kind of everything I've talked about in terms of like its messaging uh, being like both very subtle and like kind of at times overt and like. I don't know. I guess it was it's 2018. It was like we were halfway through the Trump presidency. I was like, wait, capitalism sucks. I'm working at a bunch of dead end jobs that I hate. Uh, not anymore. Uh, but uh, <laughs> labor, you know, Very rest, believable. rest is resistance. The, these kind of things were were bobbling up in my head in, in a way that like maybe uh, they hadn't before or were like certainly coming to clear picture. I, mean, I just think it's a beautiful movie. I think the relationships are really great. It's incredibly well acted. It's great to look at. And uh, I think it's like uh, just really good. I agree with all of it except for the relationships. I feel like that's so interesting. to me. I, I just don't really buy most of them. I will say it definitely started slower than I remembered. And like in terms of, I think like the sisters, brothers and their relationship, it took a minute for that to get going this time when I watched yeah. it. And, and I think it's just because maybe it's exactly as you said, Justin, like in the book, it from the word go, you get it. You just get it. But like for the first couple scenes with them, I was a little like, huh, this, this is a little more plotting than I remembered. And then it like at a certain point, it kicked into gear. Well, the movie very like, happy just gets rid of the first third of the book. Yeah, entirely and mm -hmm. focus like laser focuses on the actual plot of the book which, which the book is never really super concerned with because it's just Eli's disillusionment with like his job his life yeah. his fellow man he's just full on just dissolving into yeah. like depression the book would much rather take time to show you a 15 year old kid who just keeps getting bunked on the head God, I was, oh man i wish that scene was in here i laughed every single so time that kid got hit in the head it's, it's so, so good. funny it's so funny it's so funny uh, yeah well even just okay just jumping to that real quick even the fact that they're like He's like, I know this horse looks raggedy, but it can ride with you. Yes. And then they, they, they ride and the horse can't do it. And yeah. He's like, ah! but then like they, they chill for like a day. And then the guy, the kid comes up. And he's like, hey, I'm catching up with you guys. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. It's so funny. It's so good. And, th and that stuff is what makes the book really special. I mean, but but the movie just had to make cuts. You know, got to make cuts. All of it, though. Had to cut all of what was great. He still get his weird spider bite, which I think is actually grosser. The spider in the crawling movie. into his mouth. I was like, no. And then it like he gets all swollen up, and then he has like a weird cough, and then he like spits out a bunch of baby spiders. I, know, yeah. I mean, it's I way was, more I gross. Did not, I did not enjoy that. So at much all. gnarlier than the book. <laughs> I just feel yeah. like the book has a, a certain charm to it, where like the first, I don't know, like three quarters of it are there's no real like through line like it's yeah. just kind of anecdotes you know kind of like being bah, 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 like popping around you don't know what's going on like you know you had they have this like kind of end goal you know where they're going to end up but it's much more kind of like uh like happenstance and coincidence yeah um and and i think because of the time constraints of a movie like you have to cut that out so it becomes much more plot i but i didn't based. like the fact that they were like always a day behind them 
mm. in the movie they were yeah. like right on their trail like constantly yeah, yeah. which yeah. is kind of funny because it like that is to me that's like a very classic like kind of action movie thing and then what i loved about the movie actually was the end when um the commodore is dead right yeah mm-hmm. because that just feels like kind of like like a wink like yeah, yeah we know what we're doing but we're not gonna like really play into it exactly so here's this smart. western trope the big yeah. showdown and we just are like not gonna give it and to they you almost have like kind yeah. of a training montage where, like they're yeah. like okay we'll go in and we'll do this and then they you know they get there and he's in the, the casket already. I, I love uh because charlie asks eli like are you disappointed and he's like Kinda, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> so good. It's so I do good. like him punching the corpse just yes. to make sure. Just making sure. Because a part of me was like, is he faking his death? Pop up and be yeah. alive. Again, in the book, it's really interesting. Like he's giving like the Commodore's giving this big oration in the bath, which is so much more like on the nose kind of but like, it's also like a motif because he hears like is, he hears yeah. like weird shit when people are in the bath like when his yes. brother says like hurtful stuff about him right and he's just yeah. bummed for the rest of the day That's that is so a good true. point yeah. that, is, that, that scene was tragic i kind of wish they'd had that yeah that oh, was really I, good yeah, yeah i think that would have been a really important i mean that yeah. felt like an important scene to include you yeah. know yeah yeah I forgot. Oh my God, just yeah, because so all the good stuff from the book is not in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So let's wrap it up. Okay. Um, we'll start with you, Elena. Ah. Did you like the book? Loved the book. Did you like the movie? I liked the movie. Which is better? The book. The book. Tyler, did you like the book? Love the book. Did you like the movie? Love the movie. Which is better? The book. All right. Interesting. They're both towering achievements. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, towering achievement. I'm very interested. So, did you like the book? Oh, I, I, the book went, the second time reading this book, it went from being a book I really enjoyed to being, like, maybe one of my favorite books, kind uh-huh. of, period. Yay. Yeah. Like, I, I love it a lot. So, book masterpiece, movie, okay, movie, uh, terrible adaptation. And, uh, which is better? Uh, the movie is better. I'm just <laughs> got his ass. Oh, no. Got him. Talk to you, me. Uh, Twenty bucks, Tyler. Uh-huh. No, obviously the book is way better. Nice. And my take, I, I think I already said, movie I'd give like a seven out of ten. Book I'd give like a nine point five out of ten. Mm. Um, I would go. I would go modern masterpiece for the book. Yeah. Yeah. And the movie, would... uh, maybe I'll remember it. Yeah, there's, maybe. There's some I, stuff in I, there. I, th- I feel like if I revisit the movie, I'll probably be kinder to it with like the book fading a little bit from my memory. Yeah. It's really just how different it was. It, I was just fighting it from minute one. When yeah. you're freed from those shackles. Um, of, of <laughs> can I just read about some of my book? like random little... Oh, all right, real quick, yeah, real quick. I don't have that many because we talked about most of them organically. Uh I have here Jake Gyllenhaal, the dandy that punches harder than Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Why does Mayfield want to kill them? Like, her her motivation oh, is so strained in the movie. already sent guys after Warm because he came through and asked her, her for money. Right. And so she's trying to kill them so they don't get to him before her guys do. Yeah, but all that, like, happens, like, off screen. She just kind of tells him it happens. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, was I don't just know. Like, that was I mean, it was weird. pretty clear. I was able to just repeat it back. I know, I know. <laughs> I have it in my notes that that's what happened. But I'm saying her motivation was, like, super weak compared yeah, to, sure. like, like in the book, like, I mean, it's a dude, but, like, it's very different like, wrong. Yeah. He feels slighted by them because the... They also don't kill him, and then he, like, burns down the whole town. True. Which is fascinating. And takes their well. money after yeah, yeah, when yeah, they come yeah. back through town. Yeah, it's real. I mean, yeah. 
Uh, I think that's maybe, I think we talked about most of my little notes. All right, Groovy. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you stayed with us and weren't too covered in bile and vitriol. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, Elena, for uh, sitting in. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Nice. I love this book. Thank you for giving us the excuse to revisit, for me to revisit the movie and to actually read the book. I loved it. pleasure. Yeah. And next month, we already know what we're going to do. We are doing Judy Bloom's Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. So if you'd like to read with us, please do. And uh, hey, come by Skylight Books, 1818 North Vermont. Uh, We're in the yellow pages? Come on down, partner. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Skylight Books podcast series. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to check out the book featured in this episode or others, please visit skylightbooks.com. If you're in the Los Angeles area, stop by for one of our live in-person author events. You can find a calendar on our website. If you like this podcast, leave us a review. It really helps us out. Our music is by Duck the Piano Wire. Till next time. <laughs>